So one final point from last week's discussion regarding eating in shul was, is it proper for a shul candy man to give out candy to children in shul? They're just going to eat, leave wrappers around, and they're not davening necessarily. Or do we say that's not proper chenuch? And the question was, in general, can a person eat in shul? So let's just review the heterim of eating in shul. Perhaps they do apply to a child. Perhaps they wouldn't. Then we'll move on to the halacha, the next halacha in the chayadim of kissing children in shul. Is that allowed? Why would there be a problem? And then we'll circle back and complete the conversation of giving uh, children candy when they come to shul. So, what's the hetter to eat in shul? Now, many shuls, they don't eat. They really have uh, no eating, no food policy. All meals and all kedeshim, tikkun, there's, in a, there's a kiddush room, there's a coffee room, and they have signs, no eating in shul. But for most shuls, they do allow. So, number one, there would be a hetter, this is the primary hetter found in the Gemara, is that Tamidi Chachamim, and uh, and those that are learning in shul in in bate midrashos and bate knesias, they are allowed to eat in shul. There's a discussion if it's only bedoichak or even if it's not an emergency. If it's not a tzarich, we are makel that as long as you're 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 learning, someone is allowed to drink coffee while they're while they're learning. If someone has a shear and they have uh, you know Thursday night chumish shear with chalun, so that would be fine as well. That's hetter number one. Another hetter would be the hetter of a tanai that if they made a tanai when they made the shul that we could eat we could eat here so as long as it's not considered kalos roish type of eating that would be mutter as well a third hetter found in the rishonim when it, when they discussed the halacha of making kiddush in shul the discussion of making kiddush friday night there was archim there so the smag writes that they would make kiddush in shul and people would eat there and what about eating in shul he says that's a suda mitzvah so according to some rishonim any suda mitzvah is mutter to, to uh, be eaten in shul, the <clears throat> the uh, the Karen Ladavid, the Satmar Dayan, he brings down uh, that any time our typical, you know, Tikkun, Yardside Suda, Shalashuddis, Mavmach, all those things would be mutter included in in Suda's mitzvah. Those are the basic heterim. There's one more heter which we didn't really discuss, which is what we call the Shtibel heter, that instead of making the shul a, uh, a giving it any kedusha, any significance, one would say basically it's his own home, it's the rebbe's home or someone's home, and they allow people to use it to daven, well, you know, a few times a day, a few times a week, but it really is not considered a shul, it's a shtibu, and anything, anything flies. So if you look in the Bir Halacha and Kufran Aleph, he says that it doesn't work. Whenever you, you end up using something as a shul all the time, so it has a din of a basic nesses. And even if you make a tanai that I don't want it to have the din of a basic nesses, the halacha is that since there's a concept of ehi lehem le mikdash ma'at, the Baruch Hu wants that in every community there should be a mikdash ma'at, a small base of mikdash. So don't make ishtibol and limit the kedusha. You don't want to be doing that. And it wouldn't work. There are certain things, kalus rosh would always be usher even in in a shul that was made on a tanai. However, there are those that argue with the Bir Halacha, you look at the Debe Chaim in his writings, he says, that, no, that's only when a person made it a shul, but if it's not even a shul, it's, it's a house, it's a basement. So then that would not be included in He does agree that you're limiting the shul's kedusha, but perhaps in certain situations where you need to have meals and archim or kirov, whatever the situation might call for, there might be some benefit of making a shtibu. So in the case of a shtibu, 
if it in fact has the halachic status of a shibul, it's a home, it's not really a shul, so then all these things would be mutter, sichas chulin, and, and eating, that would totally be mutter, not a problem at all. So let's move on to the next halacha of, of kissing children in shul, and we're, and we're going to see where the Magan of Ram brings down a piece from the shla, and then we'll circle back to the candyman shaila. So the chayodim here, in Klai Zayin, in the next halacha, he says one should not kiss their children in shul. And what's what's the source for this? So there are two primary sources. One of the Sefer Hasidim, the Sefer Hasidim in, in Simeration on Hay, he says that one should not kiss his son his son in shul. And not only that, even in your own home, in front of your rebbe, you should not uh, kiss your son in front of your rebbe because it's not covered. The Shalz and Shulis Binyamin Zev, Simen. Kuf Pe Gimel, he has a different reason, and this is quoted by the Ramah, that for Asila Adam, Lenashik Ban of Hakatanim, the basic nest, is one should not kiss their, their small young children in Shul, Kedilik Vayabalibai, in order to reiterate in your own heart, Sheain Ahava Kaava Samakim Barucho, that there is no love like our love for Akadish Barucho. So when a person is dominating, when you're in Shul, you want to reiterate that there is no love uh, like our love for Hashem, and therefore one should not be showing love and affection to their children in shul. So, the Magen of Ram on the spot, he brings down from the Shlach Kaddish, that, by the way, what are children doing in shul? Why would, anyone, why would you bring young children to shul? They just make noise, they're maraktim, they're, uh, they're, they're, play, they're playing games, they're throwing things, leaving wrappers on the floor. Why, why is that considered proper chedach? So we'll, we'll get to this in tomorrow's year. What, what, what would the benefit be to bring to bring young young children to shul. In general, this is a great example of where a person might think they have the right mahalach in life, one way or the other, or to bring and not to bring. At the end of the day, a person has to look what it says in the, in the svarim, you have to ask your rabbeim, you have to speak to rabbanim, you have to know what is the das tar, what does, what is the proper hashkafa, to bring children to shul, not bring children to shul. It's just an example for life that Often we lean in one direction and we think we're doing a good thing. Perhaps we're not doing the right thing. So that's where the svarim come in, our rabbanim, rabbeim, and we should, uh, you know, value value what it says there. So let's briefly discuss the halachas of kissing children in shul. So if you look at the, the words of the Ramah, one can start making a lot of diukim. First of all, the Ramah says, It's asulad al-banashi banav hakatanim. So maybe it's only talking about young children. There are some opinions that say it's only little children, but older uh, older children would not be a problem. However, that is not accepted by halacha. We assume it's just a common example would be born of hakatanam. Now those that say only children, but not uh, siblings. That's the Kafa Chaim says that. But again, Ravadi Yosef, he says, your friend, your cousin, they would, it would all be a problem of showing ahava in, in a basic nessus. There's another diuk that perhaps the, since the Ramah brings in a simon tzadiches, which is hilchas tefillah, and being distracted, so perhaps it's only a din of tefillah, only a din of during davening. However, if it's not during davening, so then perhaps it'll be mutter. The primary example for this would be is very often a bar mitzvah boy, he lanes or he gets the haftarah, and right after he finishes his bracha, sometimes they throw pekalach at him, but usually his father or his mother will give him a kiss. So maybe that would be a limitzchus, that it's not being done during tefillah proper, although this is, again, this is not really accepted in halach. If you look at most of the svarim, 
they assume that it has nothing to do with tefillah. It's a din of a base haknesses. And if you look in the Chayadam, he brings down in Hilchus base haknesses. He doesn't bring it down in Hilchus Shemone uh, Esrei. The Ramah brings it in Simon Sadiches. But if you look in the Chayadam, it has nothing to do with davening. It has to do with being in a base haknesses. So there are times where it would be mutter. Number one, let's say it's being done derech covered. Like uh, an example of Abadiah says in that tshuva that in the in the Svardi uh, shuls, the if you get an aliyah or the like, you kiss the chacham, you kiss his hand, or people would kiss their father's hand after their father would get an aliyah. So there, it's not necessarily ava; it's covered. It's a, it's an ashika of covered. So that will be mutter and shul. And basically, anytime it's not being done for ava purposes, it will be fine. Another example of Zilbushin has a piece on this. Let's say uh, he has an interesting example where someone asked a, 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 the Rabbi Kideger's kasha while he was learning with his with his father, and the father wanted to give him a kiss. So Rabbi Zilbushin wrote that if you would kiss another child who wasn't who wasn't your child for asking that question as a covered, then it will be mutter. But he said that you're probably doing it out ahava with love, so that would be a problem. But let's say a child falls down and the father just, you know, picks him up and just gives him a kiss so that he feels comfortable. Or sometimes you bring a very young child, a baby, to shul and they're getting nervous. You can see they're fidgeting already. So by, by kissing them, they will calm down. So that will be mutter as well. So anytime it's being done, shaloi, that it's not being done specifically for ahava, for chiba, that would be mutter. So very often, simchas taira, you're dancing in shul and the kids get overwhelmed. So it will be fine to, to, you know, to, to be able to kiss them in shul. Halachically, there's no problem of handshaking, of hugging. Those are not brought down in shulchan It's only the problem of neshika, as that is a, a, a showing of specific ahava in shul. So once we've got to this halacha of of, uh, of showing affection to Shul. So now we're going to circle back. And then we're going to discuss the, what the Magan Avram brings from the Shlach Kaddish. That why are, why are there children in Shul? If children are just going to make noise, they're going to start crying, and you have to kiss them and calm them down. So what exactly are they doing in Shul? So tomorrow, Mitzvah, we'll discuss why there's a benefit. What's the benefit of bringing children to Shul? And when, when is it proper, when it shouldn't be done? And we'll continue this, uh, this discussion in Chayadam Klal Yudzayin.